The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast, everybody. This is Kyber episode number 42, recorded March 24th, 2020. This is a really special episode. We have a guest interview today. My name is Joe Becker. I'm one of the hosts. The other host is my good friend, Michael Diaz, holed up in some parts unknown. Michael, how are you? I am excellent. How are you doing tonight, Joe? Very well. Um, We have a great episode here. We have a very special opportunity. Uh, Michael, why don't you do the introduction since you've brought this fine gentleman to us? Well, tonight we're going to do the first interview that we've ever done on the Cybercast. And I've invited an old friend of mine from Portland, Oregon, Michael Ring, who is the owner and proprietor of Bridge City Comics. Michael, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Um, can I just make a quick, it's not a correction, but an addendum to that? Please do. Known, the, the, uh, Michael Diaz and I have known each other since 1987. We, were in, we went to school together. We were in the same drama class. That's where we met, right? Michael's full of drama. Was, Michael, is, Michael is full of drama. Technically, it was speech class. Speech class, that's what it was, yeah. And it was, I thought it was 1986. Well, it was it was probably the 86, 87 school year. Correct, correct. Um, anyway, so I used to live in Michigan, and uh, even though I live in Portland, Oregon now, how, which was how I was introduced, my connection to my, to Diaz is that, you know, we, we've, we basically grew up together, so. Nice. Well, I feel for you, Ringo. <laughs> you should. <laughs> It's torture. It's made me the bitter man that I am today. I can I can see that Michael sometimes uh, can be, uh, let's say, not negative, but let's say just critical. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm a critic. Yeah. Anyways, no, very happy to have you. Nice to meet you. Um, it's it's a crazy time. You are. From what I understand, an owner of a comic book shop yes. called Bridge City Comics in Portland. Where, where's it located in Portland? Portland, sorry. It's, uh, we are in North Portland, uh, which is obvious, like it sounds, the north part of Portland. There's a mm-hmm. lot of shops in southeast Portland. In down, there's a shop downtown. Uh, but we, for a long time, we were the furthest comic shop north, right, kind of almost to the Washington border. So near near Tatooine, the furthest it, from. It's, it is a, a hive of scum and villainy, yes. <laughs> Your shop or Northern Portland? Eh, you know, six of one, half dozen of the other. <laughs> so I've only been to Portland one time, and it was uh, about two months ago. Maybe yeah. not quite two months ago. What? So. Didn't check yeah, and out. I didn't get a chance to call. I didn't. Get, I, we were so busy, I didn't get a chance to even oh. to go up with meet with you. Michael did give me the information and stuff, and I just couldn't. Oh, well, you know. Couldn't get up there. We, we were shooting some photography. <laughs> and, <laughs> You know, my business. Wow, huh. I, w- I would have bought something. I, I uh, instead I gave his money. This interview is over. Oh, well, that was that was quick. I'll have a good night. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, go ahead, Joe. 
Go ahead. I, I just want to know, you know, the West Coast has been hit pretty hard from what I understand uh, um, with what's going on. We're all kind of feeling, you know, a little anxious with the COVID virus. Yeah. We're all, you know, our governor just basically kind of shut down the state. I mean, it's basically been the same for the last week and a half for me, regardless of the um, the governor uh, orders. But life for you is not easy right now. And it's not about, it's about safety, we understand, but your your shop is not open. Well, you know, I was, I was talking with somebody about this uh, a day or two ago, kind of commiserating. And, you know, we're all of us, not, you know, whether you own a small business, whether you're employed by someone, we, you know, we're all facing a lot of challenges right now in our lives. And I'm just facing some different challenges, but everybody, you know, everybody's going through this together. We're all trying to figure it out, which, you know, hopefully we'll make it through on the other side, but yeah. Yeah. Being, being a small business owner is definitely difficult right now. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I've got, I've got family that are barbers that, you know, yeah. if they don't work, there's no money come in. I mean, their savings, but hopefully this, you know, we were not going to get political here, but hopefully they pass some kind of legislation that focuses on small businesses and freelancers and people that are, that, that, you know, live in the gig economy, as they call it now, I mean, corporations, work, I'll say, workers. Yeah, the workers. The, yeah. The, there's a lot of corporations that use freelancers now because they don't want to put people on the payroll for healthcare and whatever. Um, so this is this is a tough time, and I I sure hope our politicians do right by, especially the small businesses, the freelancers, and and, and gigs. So I, I hope you hear something soon. I did hear this morning that there might be close, but boy, you know, uh, I'll say one thing here, and it may upset some people or not, but. My, my take is there's no reason that the banks can just say for three months, we forgive everyone for payments. We'll defer the payments to a later date, you know, at the end of your loan or whatever, but you get three months, you don't have to pay anything until this is over. And, you know, how hard can that really be? We bailed the banks out not too long ago. They can bail us out. Absolutely. hundred percent. I work for a financial institution and I don't disagree either. Yeah, I mean, anyways, I hope I hope that they do right by you. Uh, we need small business to 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 make this country flourish, man. I mean, we cherish all our small businesses here. You know, I, I go to a comic book store here; they do a great job. Uh, named Vault of Midnight, they do a really good job. But very well known shop. I've definitely heard of them. I know I know Diaz has gone there a few times, but uh, I have. But they're, yeah. they're awesome. Yeah. They, don't they have a, uh, uh, locations in Detroit as well? I thought they were. Yes, there's Detroit and Ann Arbor. Yeah. But, yep. you know, we're not here to plug them. We're here to plug Bridge City Comics in Portland. <laughs> Thank so, you. Yeah. 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 So the whole point of this interview. So we, we knew that COVID was affecting small businesses, in particularly, I mean, many small businesses. But we wanted to talk to the geek-centric ones because, hello, we're a geek podcast. And when I came up with the idea this past weekend... We obviously didn't know that, you know, the governor of Oregon was going to put a stay-at-home order in on Monday, which obviously has affected you in a different way, because um, you literally had to shut your doors, which I, I'm assuming the last couple of weeks you would seen a, a drop in business. Would that be fair to say? No, that's, that's totally fair to say. And one small point is that the way that her stay that Governor Brown's stay at home order is worded 
is not very clear at all. Technically, I think I could still be open because I was bookstores, comic book stores were not on the exclusion list. And there is actually one or two comic shops in town that are still open. And they're like limiting like to one person in the store at a time. But I, uh, I chose to follow the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law. And I kind of feel like that's what we need to do as responsible business owners at this point um, to help slow the spread of this. I mean, trust me, even if I'm even if I allow one person in at a time, I'll still make more money than I am making right now. Right. But I think that it's valuable that we all do our part as best we can. I mean, we all have to go to the grocery store. You know, we all still have to go to the pharmacy or whatever. But I think we can also be smart about it. And I love my comic shop, but I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get my employees sick. I don't want to spread anything. I don't want to bring anything back to my family. Right. I think it's part of being a, a, a good steward of your community to take, maybe not take one on the chin, but, you know, to put, put the needs of the community above yourself. How many employees do you have? good question i have uh one guy that does ebay and then i've got one two three four um employees who work in the store behind the counter wow plus myself when i do shifts so so grand total of six including you including me yeah Yeah. now how's your ebay business i mean obviously i mean i'm not asking for your numbers i don't need to know your financials i don't care about that my point is more along the lines of have you seen an uptick in eBay business the last couple of weeks or is that just pretty stayed no. pretty even? It's stayed fairly even. What I've seen, which I, which I'm interpreting in this manner is that um, there's a function on eBay. If you are a seller, you can have a, an option to let somebody make an offer on an item you have. So one thing I've noticed over the past couple of weeks is that people are making a lot more offers and a lot more lowball offers. And oh, it man. makes me think that people are maybe trying to take advantage of this. Yes. Like, oh, this guy needs money. He'll take it if I offer him half of what he's got it listed for kind of a thing. <laughs> Jeez. That, you know, times yeah. like this, obviously there are some people where uh, the vast majority of people, I want to believe that it brings out the best in people. But unfortunately, the flip side of that is that there are the, I don't want to say scavengers, but they're the opportunists. Yeah. I mean, not not that the people on eBay are at the same level of people hoarding thousands of containers of um, hand sanitizer and trying to sell them at a huge profit. But still, that's not cool to try and take advantage of that. Right. Yeah, that's... But having said that, I mean, it is still my right to refuse. Sure. And I, you know, and I do. And sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I'm never going to move this thing, so I may as well sell it for half price and move on to the next thing. So, you know, yeah, I agree. Like, it does kind of piss me off sometimes. But ultimately, it's like, I don't have to accept these offers. It still does kind of bug me. We'll try to take advantage, though. How long have you had the store? How long? Tell me a little bit about, like, your longevity and when it started and that kind of thing. So, if you want a real kick in the pants, uh, April 1st is going to be our 15-year anniversary. Oh, nice. We opened April 1st, 2005. Wow. And so it's been 15 April Fool's Day. 
I know. It, I didn't mean it that way. It's just where it landed on the calendar. So I've recently kind of come back to comics. It's been a very long time for me. Was 2005 kind of a beginning of a renaissance or was it slow, busy then? What made you like say like, we need this now? So, it, you know, that's a, that's a really interesting question. So to dig a little further back into my history, I worked for Dark Horse Comics oh, wow. here in Oregon for seven years in the marketing department. And I was doing a lot of store visits across the country. I was going to do a lot of conventions and representing Dark Horse across the country. Now, did, sorry to interrupt. Dark Horse, did they do Star Wars for a while or no? Yeah. They did okay. Star Wars for 20 years. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, and I was, I had just turned 30 years old and I thought about it a little before that, but I just turned 30 years old and I kind of figured I gotta, I want to do something for myself. That's great. And I thought, I know comics. I've visited some of the best comic shops in, 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 in the country. I've also visited some of the worst comic shops in the country. And I just thought if I'm going to do it, I should do it now because if, I try it for five years and it doesn't work. I'll be 35. I can get back into the, the workforce. Right. You know? Right. So I took the plunge. I took the plunge. I gave my notice. I sold my house. Wow. And used that for startup uh, cash. What did you live in? Coincidentally. Well, so I, my girlfriend at the time and I literally bought houses next door. To oh, my house. gosh. Technically, they were kind of like condo slash row house slash sure something you had to purchase, not rent. Like a townhouse. Right. Town, yeah, like a town. Yeah, actually, townhouses is probably better. Okay. And and so I sold my place. I moved in with her, and then we actually got married um, a month after I opened the shop. We got married on May fifth. Think about this origin story out there. If some people say, "Well, you're a geek, you can't do these things," he had a girlfriend. He got to live inside her house with her while he built a comic store. This one's a keeper. You you did right by Mary. But he this had one. his own house. He didn't live in anyone's basement either. I mean, this is right. You're going against but, all the tropes. But the funny part is, we got divorced five years ago. Oh shit! Sorry, I didn't know that. <laughs> I did. I was waiting for you to step in it. <laughs> yeah. Th- thanks for the heads up, Michael. Could have been. A- <laughs> But hey, man, how did you know? You wouldn't know unless Michael actually prepped you before. Nope. But, you know, that's cool. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so, so so I had this opportunity and, um, you know, and so I decided to take it. Every year we grew. And every year I would kind of pause and be like, well, is this it? Should I keep going? And every year all signs pointed to Yes. We kept getting more recognition in the city. We kept getting more recognition nationally. We kept getting uh, more customers. Our sales increased. Our invoices with Diamond Comics and everybody else increased. Our discounts were getting better and better. Hmm. And I just thought there's no reason not to do this. Now, the funny thing is, I think my timing was good because after the because during the economic meltdown in 2008, yeah. I was still in a period of growth and I wasn't making any money but i was still positioned in a spot where i didn't have huge payroll i had a reasonable rent i still had some savings i was making it work so i was able to build my business during that horrible time because it wasn't big enough to fail right nice and then i came out the other side of it and i was really sitting pretty well pretty i was sitting pretty in a way and here we are now how what's your uh, what's your 
thoughts about weathering this storm? Well, for me as a business owner, the biggest problem that I've encountered so far with all of this is that nobody knows anything. Right. And nobody is saying anything for the most part. And I mean that kind of on a national level, um, you know, you've got the president who is now saying that, well, it's not worth it to crash the economy. So everybody should go back to work or it's Republicans saying, you know what? The people we're trying to save are old and infirmed and sick anyway. And it costs a lot to keep them healthy anyway. And then you've got health officials who are like, no, no, this is a really bad thing. And we see it in other countries. So we're getting mixed messages. We so far have zero help from the government, like you had referenced earlier. Right. We're hoping. We have no idea how long this is going to last. I mean, everybody's keeping an eye on Italy and kind of trying to see if we're trending like they are. But nobody has any answers. So this is a very scary time because... I have a cushion. I have a little war chest that I've been saving. I've got my online sales. I've got some money set aside Mm -hmm. that'll last me for a few months. So in theory, hopefully, this will be kind of blown over in a few months. But no, again, nobody knows. So I could be sitting pretty, but if it goes six months, I'm screwed. Yeah, they're going to have to have some relief because uh, do you lease or own the building? That's fine. I mean, this is a business question because I, I eventually I want to get to, I, I really admire what you did. Um, I think it's Thank tremendous you. because um, for those that know me pretty well, Michael knows this, that, you know, I have a building that I went in partners with and right now there's a, a used car per, uh, dealership leasing the building, but I want to build a barbershop and go back. I put myself through school as a barber and I want to go back and do something for myself, you know, and. And plus, it's like you said, it's a family kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and now my family right now is sitting. You know, they can't make money. Um, yeah. But part of the, part of having a successful barbershop is owning the building because that's really the investment because you have actual product that people can sell. If you go to sell a barbershop, for instance, you're basically selling the equipment in the building. The people that come there may not stay there. They may not like the new barber, you know, or stylist or whatever. So you can't guarantee customers. Your shop, you could at least say, well, you've got, you buy this inventory, you've got the entire inventory, you can sell that and get yourself through. So it's a tremendous job, (laughs) tremendous job you did though. That's crazy. That's, I mean, I like your line of thinking and it it makes rational sense, but it also is not how that's going to work. No, great. (laughs) Teach me something. I've I've fumbled the ball twice now. No, no, no. I mean, specifically for comic shops, because I have thought like, well, what, what's my number? Mm Mm-hmm. What's my number? If somebody comes to me with a blank check and says, put down a number, and the number I came up with, there is no logical reason why anybody would pay me that number because it would be cheaper to just open a new store. Right. For as much goodwill in the community as I have, for as much of a customer base, for as much inventory as I have, for all these reasons, I've priced myself out of selling my place. Interesting. Well, yeah. here's a question for you then because – you mentioned that you, you know, while you were at Dark Horse and working in marketing, that you saw, you know, the worst comic book place, comic book stores, and the best. So, what it's, uh, what did you take from that? What's what's unique about your store? And let's hit. Let's start with that. Well, so it's interesting being in business for fifteen years in Portland. Now, now remember, Portland is basically like Comics Town, USA at this point. Dark Horse is here. Image Comics is here. Oni Press is here. Uh, Lion Forge is now here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There. 
When, when did Image move there? I'm out. I'm out of it. I thought Image was on the. I thought it was somewhere in California. Yeah, they used to be. They used to be in the Bay Area, but they moved out here three or four years ago. I did not know that. That's fantastic. I'm sorry. So yeah. probably a lot cheaper. You guys were Indie Central, right? Yeah, for the most part. Um, and then DC, obviously, DC moved to Bur- Burbank, I think, a year or two ago. But that's you know still West Coast. Rumor is Images or uh, Marvel's going to be moving somewhere on the West Coast um, at some point. But anyway, regardless, Portland. Um, there's also a disproportionate amount of Portland comics creators here, comic creators who live in Portland. So my point is that what makes me special is stuff that is now kind of de rigueur in some ways. Um, I started with a focus on graphic novels, not having long boxes of Spider-Man comics from the eighties. I really focused on making it kind of a graphic novel boutique at the right before graphic novels really started taking off in the mainstream. Before you could walk into Barnes and Noble uh, and and find you know twelve rows of bookshelves with you know graphic novels and right. before they started hitting the bestseller lists and things like that, so I focused on that. I also focused on community. I focused on bringing artists and writers in and having signings and release parties and celebrating local cartoonists. And um, so I feel i could be wrong you would have to ask people who live in portland but i feel that i had a real strong hand in helping to create or at least foster the comics community in portland you know I've, we have a book club that's been running for 12 years uh, a graphic novel book club that nobody had ever really thought of doing 12 years ago why would they um so there's a lot of things that I feel I've done over the years that other new shops and other shops have started to emulate. I mean, one thing that I love to do, we have a theater in town called the Hollywood Theater. If you're familiar with, what's the place in Austin? Uh, Alamo. Yeah, Alamo Draft. Alamo Draft, yep. Uh-huh. So the Hollywood is very similar. So what I, and I developed a relationship with these guys, with these people, and they're wonderful to work with. And so I would do something like when dynamite put out a shaft comic book you know shaft bad mother oh yeah mouth. so hey, i got the writer shaft. yeah <laughs> the writer lives in town and i know him so i was like hey why don't i talk to the hollywood theater and we'll do a signing for your book in the theater and we'll show the movie i did the same thing with big trouble in little china flew eric powell out here because he was writing the Big Trouble in Little China comic book. We screened the movie at the theater and had a huge, massive party. Did the same thing with Chuck Palahniuk for Fight Club 2. Nice. He came out. We signed, He did a big signing for copies of the hardcover for Fight Club 2. We showed the movie. He did a Q&A. Like, you know, so it's these things about fostering the comic book community in Portland as well as getting outside of the confines of a comic book shop and trying to get into the community. Um, You know, I go to Girl Scout troops and elementary schools and I talk about comics and teach comic classes and how to make comics to to kids. And, um, you know, our kids section was bigger than anybody's kids section in Portland for many, many years because I knew that that was where the future was going to come from for the industry. So 
Does that answer your question? Am I just blabbering? No, 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 no. you're right on well, it. Yeah, right on it. That's perfect. You know, you do make a good point because you were way ahead of the curve. Because um, I personally, finally, and I was late to the party. Personally, I switched from floppies to graphic novels only about yeah. two, three years ago now, and I haven't looked back. It's it's been great, but I still have to get my comic book fix. You know. Yeah. So you were well ahead of the curve. There's no question there, but smart because that's that's the meat and potatoes now, isn't it? It re- well for me it is, and for a lot of a lot of places it is. But um, you know, but then we've also got competition with Amazon because once Amazon Amazon started sniffing around, you know, right? You, I think, you know, Diaz, you're a pretty good example. I think you know, <laughs> your whole Black Science Volume Four or whatever it was that for years you wouldn't buy a copy because you saw it for a certain price on Amazon. Yeah, I'm guilty. No, Michael's definitely, he is not about uh, convenience. It's all about price. Right. Um, And, but luckily, you know, we, there are a lot of people who shop in our store who, Hey, I, I, I want to get into Watchmen. I watched the HBO show can you help me out? Can you recommend something? Or I read Watchmen. What do I do now? You know, there's a lot of people who, who luckily view us as the experts view, which is why you go to any brick and mortar business, right? Or especially any small business, go to an expert, whether it's stereo speakers or, you know, what bath salts or, you know, bath salts. (laughs) I don't know. You know, I'm thinking of like cosmetic type stuff. Like, you you wouldn't necessarily go to Target and ask somebody at Target like, well, so how is this hand cream? How is it made? And is it da 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 da? You know, but you would go to say uh, uh, some boutique if you and Shaylee were out, you know, shopping, and she could have a conversation. And I know right. this is sexist to say that she's the one to have the conversation, but you know, or maybe you're looking for some mountain climbing gear. You went to REI. Perfect. That hundred percent. That's exact. That is yeah. Right. Exactly. Because I, I know they're around the U.S., but they're a co-op, so they're kind of like individual small businesses, yada, yada, yada. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Or bike repair, another one. People like biking. Do you oh, take yeah. your bike to Walmart? No, you would find your local a place. Bike, yeah, your local bike shop, of course, every time. Well, I think, you know, what you mentioned earlier, what's important is the community aspect of it. Like, so I said I got started back up in comics, I'd say, when I moved here to Grand Rapids, maybe about eight years ago. It took me like three years to walk into the comic store because my last encounter with comic stores was basically the guy from The Simpsons, right? If you don't know, then you don't belong here. And so I really did. I I, I shied away very much. And then I finally literally got the nerve to go back into Vault of Midnight. And it was completely different than what it was in the past. Because I used to buy comics in Livonia when I was in, in my, in the kids and when I was in my 20s. Um at the store and they were very much like, but I went there as a kid. So they were nice to me. Right. But I've seen people get ridiculed. Like you picking that one up. Um, but vault of midnight was super nice. And it's really that kind of gotten me back into like, you know, having subscriptions and I've, you know, I'm the opposite of Michael. I just get the, I kind of enjoy getting the one-offs and going back there every week and, or every two weeks when something comes in and just saying hi to the people and browsing the store and checking things out. And so let me ask, can I ask you a question? Joe. So I'm because I love this because this is one of the things I do love about our shop and, and shops in general is that 
you can have, for the most part, whatever kind of a relationship you would want. I have met literally some of my best friends. Ride or die, my buddy Jonas, one of my first customers, you know, I am, his his kids call me Uncle Michael. Wow. We go over to their house. They come over to our house. I've gone out for beers with people who come in just because we hit it off. Um, and I'm, I don't know that you have maybe a kind of relationship like that, but you have found a place where you can go and be like, oh, hey, yep. John. Oh, hey, Joe. How's life? How are the kids? How's the, you know. Um, yeah. You, know, you, don't, you don't get that at Best Buy. You don't really get that at Barnes and Noble. No, not at all. In fact, I go in there with uh, another friend of mine named Rudy, and they, you know, if I'm in there without Rudy and Rudy's there without me, they're like, hey, where's your friend? You know, what's going on? Um, yeah. So yeah, it's very cool. I mean, I'm a, if if you talk to me there, you, you'd know I'm a basically a novice comic person because I like the stories. I don't care about any kind of collectible. I want to read. I want to read a good story. I don't care if it's worth anything or not worth anything. Um, so what I do is I just ask, Hey, what's, what's a good story lately? And then they, they kind of tell me and, uh, go there and I, and I'm, I, I haven't ventured into different kind of comics yet. You know, I'm kind of into the star Wars, Marvel. There's a couple that I've gotten that are different. Um, you know, from like kind of a, more of an independent type thing. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of re-navigating my way through the, the comic world. I haven't bought a, uh, I, the only, the only, uh, I guess you'd call it graphic novel. I don't think they're graphic novels. What do you what do you call them when they're the trade version? Is that what you say, Michael? Both Michaels the trades. Trades. So I I've you know I'm finishing up Afra Volume Two, and there's like four or five of them now. So I got to catch up big time with Doctor Afra. So, um, but let me ask you this: so you but you would feel comfortable walking in there and being like, hey, you guys know I like Star Wars. You know I like science fiction. You know I like good stories. Mm-hmm. And they and they could be like, okay, well here's. This, this, yeah. and this. Check these out. And you would, uh, my assumption is you have a relationship that you would trust yeah, them. If, yeah, because when I first came in, when I first started, um, I wanted to get back into Doctor Strange. And I picked one up. She goes, and the lady said, just wait till next week because they're starting a whole new thing and you can start fresh. And I heard it was really good. So don't buy it right now. So that was the first tip <laughs> saying like, I can trust them because they could have sold me a comic yeah. right now. Right. Yep. So she was like, just wait, this one's kind of ending and it's a whole different art, you know, and it's kind of, you'll like the new story from what she understood. And I did. And I, I, I think I got the, like 40 of them by the time I was done because I subscribed uh, nice. to, to the Dr. Strange because it was, it was really good. Um, so, yeah. And I think, I think that's the kind of shop that people want to find because I've, I've run the gamut as well. I mean, I, I don't go there with the regularity that I used to, but for me, my home comic book shop was Argo's used books in Easttown. And I mean, I've, I've been going there since, well, about the time I met Ringo. In we, we've been going, we were going yes. there. You, me, Matt. Yeah. That was, yeah. so that was like 1986. So we're going on, you know, 34, 35 years at this point. Yeah. Um, now we I remember, Hey, you remember we got the original aliens. Yes. Miniseries from there. Yes. And we were, yeah, yeah, and like we got third printer, you got a third printer, whatever. But we were so excited to to get that. I got first print, bitch. <laughs> yeah, oh, maybe I got the third print. <laughs> wow, which is funny because the girls uh, just this last Christmas got me the uh, what the twenty fifth or thirtieth anniversary hardcover of that series. Oh, so good, and I don't think they realized how much it meant to me because that was one of the first comics that I bought at Argos. Because it blew my eyes. Like, well, they have an Aliens comic book? I fucking love Aliens. And I'm, you know, here I am, 13 years old. Yes, I want to buy this. Yep. But you're right. It, 
a comic book shop that has gives that sense of community is fantastic because I've been to them. I mean, let's admit it, late nineties, early two thousands, and they still exist now. There are still the shops that the bulk of their money is made on eBay, and they're there for the speculators. Yep, they're not as often as they used to be, or not as I'm not not as numerous as they used to be, but they're still out there, and I've been to those shops, and I don't love them. Um, I mean, sometimes it's okay when you see something, they're selling something on eBay and instead of getting it shipped, you can just go pick it up at the shop. But like, so when nine 11 happened, there's that special Spider-Man issue that was all black. I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah. Spider-Man 36. Yes. Now I went to Argos, um, and bought a copy. I was, I was collecting Spider-Man at the time, so it was no big deal. Um, but I happened to stop by the other place just because I had bought something on eBay and I just looked and literally the day the comic came out, the guy, he wasn't selling cover price. He was selling it for $9 an issue because mm-hmm. it was a special to, you know, nine 11 variant. And I was like, come on, that's shit. Well, you know, we, I think you and I may disagree on this. I, I agree with you on some points, but this has gotten really bad in the past year because the speculation bug has come back. Oh, oh is it? So much harder. I mean, this is like the 90s all over again. Really? There are, because there's so much media stuff, you know, um, The it, swear to God, look up, when you guys have a minute, look up the Dark Horse Star Wars Clone Wars number one on eBay. You know, they just announced, uh, Joe, you'll know this, they just announced Rosario Dawson yep. as Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yep. $200. Wow. For this comic. Wow. Based on the fact that the, two months ago, you probably could have picked it up for a buck. Because people, and there are apps now, there's an app called the Key Collector app, where it tells you about prices rising and falling. And yeah, that's like a, a vinyl buy. app that I use for vinyl records, same right. thing. So comic shops are in a weird position now where people are clamoring for, oh, there's a first appearance of something. And how are comic shops supposed to, 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 to navigate this? Because, for instance, if we have subscribers for a book... They get it for cover price. They've they've, they've committed to you. They've committed to us. They've committed to the series. Right. They Nightwing number seventy is another example. Just came out a week or two ago. There's a first appearance of a character, and you know it's going for twenty, thirty, forty bucks on eBay. And you get these these customers coming around to your store trying to buy every single copy for cover price. And there has to come a point where you take care of your customers. But you don't get screwed. Yeah, you, and you can't let somebody come in and buy all of them. Like I don't know if there's and that's, get, that oh, seem right, you know. But if you're if you have a customer, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, and, and you know, the refrain is, "Well, can I get one for my friend? Oh, my girlfriend's in the car. Can I get one for her? Can I get one for my mom? You know, people trying to circumvent that kind of stuff too. So it gets to be a little tiring. Because you know that you're not selling this to a reader. You're not selling this to somebody who's a really big fan. You're selling this to somebody who's going to turn around, take a picture of it, and put it on eBay. So they're basically trying to hoodwink you. They're trying to get one. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. See, that's one of the reasons why I, 
I have preferred now moving to trades. I'm not like like I said. I get there's a collector aspect to it, and I'm fine with that. I I have a fair number of first appearances. Like I got the first appearance of the Punisher, first appearance of Bishop, first appearance of Gambit. I have those things. But yeah, me too. It's because I bought them because I was collecting. I was collecting those comics to read, and I just happen to have them now. Um, but like like Joe said, I'm in it for the stories. So moving to trades was just the right evolution for me. Yeah. Now to 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 kind of speak to your Amazing Spider-Man point about the nine eleven thing, we saw the same. Don't forget, we saw the same thing with the Obama Spider-Man too. <laughs> but to 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 uh, kind of speak to that point is that it's a little more murky because I think back then there was less of that going on. I think potentially he was raising it because there was a collectible aspect to it and he knew he could get that amount of money for it as opposed to there already being a market for it and him trying to participate in that. Does that make sense? I hear you. I just... I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about something else. This is getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, well, it's interesting because it's part of the business that, you know, there's there's that whole deep culture side of, of comic book stories that, like I said, when I first started to come back, which is what made me afraid to come back, right? Because there's, there's a deep culture that, that people are into uh, that, that generate that kind of, you know, overpaying for something or, or creating a value for something that maybe isn't quite there, but that, but it is to some people. So it really, it's all relevant, uh, relative. So, you know, you know, and one thing kind of Joe, which you touched on is that as a new reader or somebody who's coming back mm-hmm. to it, you know, one thing I like to do when I, when I find that out about somebody, they come in and say, Oh, I haven't read comics since I was a kid or my brother really likes comics. One of the things I hope that I say that puts them at ease is I just look them in the eye and I say, this can be very overwhelming. Yeah. Don't, don't get too overwhelmed. We'll take it slow. And then I can recommend three or four things, right. you know, cause it, it can be, I can't imagine walking into a comic book shop and be like, where do I start? How do I do this? Oh, especially like, I mean, your shop, I've, I've seen your display cases a few times. You have, you know, at least what, three, two, three dozen different graphic novels to choose from. And if you're new to comics, where do you start? Cause there's a whole, breadth of genre genres there you could jump into and maybe you grab something you don't like you know yeah and they're only making more i mean more of them come out every week exactly i mean so again i appreciate a shop like yours where it's um, it's about the reading experience i mean yes you're there to make a buck too and you're there to be a member of your community um i would agree that um uh vault of midnight is like that as well um and I also agree that they would be very intimidating to go into if you were completely ignorant of certain comics and whatnot. Because, Joe, to your point, I've been in shops, like I said, like Mike's, like Vault of Midnight, where it's it's welcoming, it's, you're a geek, we're here to help, you know, we'll take it slow. But I've been in shops, like I said, that were speculator-based, that, you know, they're just there to make a buck no matter what, they don't they don't give a shit about if you like it or not. They just want your money. And then I've been in the shops too, and I'm not going to name names, but I've been in shops where it was 100% comic book guy, and he's like, "Why are you here? 
why are you bothering me right. and my shop? Right. You know, with oh, you like that comic? So I, that boggles my mind. It absolutely boggles my mind, and it makes me want to tear my hair out. But it I still exists. The, it absolutely does. I'm not disputing that in any way. So I just don't understand. Just to kind of shake things up a little bit. If you had, you know, one comic book series that you could only follow because you're stuck in your room, you can't leave your house for some reason. We're not allowed to leave our house, but you're stuck with one, (laughs) one, one comic series. Hypothetical. Hypothetical, Let's say you're you're quarantined for till April 23rd or something. Just, just say that. What uh, even if you had to buy it? Like I'll say this not to compete with you, but if you had even you had to buy it digitally in Comicsology or something, and you were stuck with one series, what would be your favorite? What what do you what do you like to read? So okay, so that is a, a an easy and a difficult question at the same time. My initial answer, personally, me, not necessarily something I would yeah, recommend. Yeah, for you, I don't mean yeah, not recommended would be uh, a series that came out a couple years ago called Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Oh, nice. I'm a massive Green Lantern fan. It was written by a guy named Robert Vendetti, and it was probably some of the best Green Lantern comics I've ever read. Whoa, hold on. Better than Jeff Johns? Well, I mean, I'm not... I'm, uh, you know, neck and neck. For me, it was neck and neck. Really? Yeah. Now I have um, to check this out, because... Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Ringo, you finish your story, and then i got to come in after you to explain something, but go ahead and finish. Okay. So, um, yeah, so for me personally, that was some great comics. Uh, I think the re-readability is super high for me, um, and it just it pushes all my buttons. I was buying it out of habit. I wasn't even reading it, and I had had 30 issues built up, and I thought, you know what? I better start reading this. <laughs> And I tore through it in a weekend because it was so good. It just made it just made my heart sing. That's cool. That's a great answer. Yeah. So what did you think? So what did you think of Ryan Reynolds then? You know what? Okay. So here's here's the thing. Oh no. Here's the thing. I recognize that that is not maybe a great movie, but I waited literally my entire life since I was probably six years old. For a live-action Green Lantern movie, this, so I'm gonna love it. This is your Lord of the Rings for me. This is yeah. this is. I want to see him make a giant green punchy uh, uh, boxing glove. I want to see him. I want to see the Owens. I want to see all the other Green Lanterns. I want to see Sinestro. And it really wasn't that and as yeah. bad as people say. There were problems, but it wasn't like I've mm. seen many worse films than that film. Yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. I've seen worse comic book films. Than like that. possibly Birds of Prey may have been worse than Green Lantern. Wait a minute. You mean the Birds of Prey TV show or the Harley Quinn and the Birds The film, of Prey? the film that just came out. I will slap you in the mouth when did, I see it. Did you like it that much? Wow. I, I loved it. Ah, I don't know. It was fine, but it was no story real. I don't know. Well, true, but... There was still it was still a lot of fun. It wasn't as bad as everybody was making. It, it was a fun be. movie. I, I just look for more. St- I, I like to care about characters, and I didn't really care about anybody. That's the problem I have. Well, that's hey, that's a fair. M- Michael knows this. I start with the care. If I don't care about the people in the films, then the story better. Like then you've kind of lost me. Um, I mean, I cared about her because yet, she's like, there. But yet you like the last Skywalker. <laughs> What's that? What's that? And yet you like the last Skywalker. 
Rise well, yeah, I did. I cared about characters and yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. You're telling me you didn't care about Chewbacca? I care about him as a character. I care about a lot of the characters in that film. One character. No, for me, more than yeah. one. For you. But long story short, Ringo, for Michael, he went into the film hating it before he saw it. So it's really irrelevant conversation. Well, can I tell you, I went into the movie loving it and came out hating it. Oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> so this is coming from a guy who's got a rebel insignia tattoo on his right wrist and a empire uh, insignia on his left nice. wrist. Nice. We're going to have to have you back and we'll have a, a discussion for sure. Well, yeah. It, but but really quick. So I went in. Everybody was like, oh, we hear it's terrible. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care. I love Star Wars. How bad can it be? I love the previous two movies. And I fell asleep in the movie. Wow. See, yeah, I didn't I love Last Jedi. I liked parts of it, but half the movie was really bad. Like super bad. Wow. Okay, we disagree on that. I loved it. You loved every part we'll of Last Jedi. Real quick, we'll real quick, because it, it could be sidetracked, but I need to ask. You loved yeah. Canto Bite and everything in between that? Well, okay. okay. I didn't love every single okay. thing. Okay, that's all I need to know. Because <laughs> that's 35 minutes cut. That's, <laughs> that, that would be okay Which is me. 34% so, of that let movie. Me ask, let me ask this question then. Are you reading the Grant Morrison Green Lantern run? <laughs> okay, so I read the first series, the first 12 issues. Season and it started one. Strong. It. Season one, and I thought it started strong. I loved the issue where they're having this, the, the intergalactic planet sail and Earth is in there and the guy who's supposed to be God buys the play. Like, I loved it. I thought it was great. It really tailed off at the end. It got super Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison. <laughs> and I've got the first couple issues of season two, but I haven't read them yet. That's fair. I haven't read any of it. So I admit I've fallen off on the Green Lantern stuff. Uh, I do have the f- season one trade on order, so that should be coming soon. But I had to ask because a little. I know we're a little bit off base on the interview, but I just wanted to say Ringo here as he noted, loves Green Lantern. And because of him, I too am a massive Green Lantern fan. Not to his degree, but he let, I remember he let, he loaned me Green Lantern Corps number 200. And basically 200 <laughs> through 224 because that was the two years they ran the Green Lantern Corps series yeah. in, back in the 80s. And it, today, today, to this day, my favorite two years of comics. So... And to this day, my favorite Green Lantern is still Kilowog. Absolutely. That's cool. So, I mean, and that, and, and that was such a great time for comics because that was like Justice League was coming out and Suicide Squad was coming out and there were just some really just stellar, stellar books coming out of which Green Lantern core was one. Yes. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Well, Here so we when you saw Justice League, the film, did you at least see that little... Green Lantern era uh, ring at the beginning. Did you enjoy yeah. that at least from that movie? I had a real hard time enjoying any of the DC movies. I mean, I liked Wonder Woman. Uh, I, you know, the reason I think why I really liked Harley Quinn was the fact that it it was kind of a dark movie, but it was also a fun movie. And my problem with a lot of the recent DC movies is that they are not right. Fun. Totally understand. I, I agree with you. Harley Quinn was it was a fun movie. I will definitely one hundred percent agree with you there. Uh, we've talked about some DCs here here before. I love. I liked Aquaman a lot, and I actually liked Shazam 
they're both fun movies. Uh, Aquaman, I thought was fun. Uh, Shazam, I was kind of disappointed in. It, it, I just thought they tried to make it a little too adult. Because I took, I take my daughter to all yeah. these, and I thought Shazam will be totally great. But then it's like he he shows up in a strip. Club yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's got a. They have to drop. They have to drop swear words here and there. And it's like no, right? But he did yeah. a good. But, but, that, but he did a great job. Uh, the actor was was really good, and I liked him. Zachary Levi, yeah. yeah, he was great. So I'm looking at the list here. We have Michael drew up these nice questions. Getting back to like being a. a business owner God. Michael you know you can't take calls during the show is I it going to be a special call in guest <laughs> he did. is no. Jeff Johns calling <laughs> oh that's right it's bedtime it's 9 o'clock that's what it was last time too it was 9 o'clock and you had to go to bed no. so listen let me explain something real quick when you're a fat man like me and you decide to start food journaling and not eating as much you set an alarm so you know that you're done eating for the day great don't get fat. <laughs> hey, kudos to you, man. Giving it a shot. That's yeah. I'm not going to pick on you for trying to do something to make yourself feel better. Unless yeah. it's Coke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what are some ways that you've come up with over the years as, as like marketing or it sounds like you came from marketing background. Yeah. So what, what have you done to help really kind of drive your business? And do you think you may have to implore employ different things once we get back to whatever the new normal will be. Well, okay. So we've got a kind of a two prong question there. So I recognize that I don't do nearly enough marketing for my business because I'm also doing a lot of other things for my business. The other, the flip side of that, the other side of that coin is the fact that I'm also old (laughs) and I am not able to keep up. I'm probably older than both of you, so. Yes, you are. Way older. Well, by age, but not not by attitude. Michael's different. How's your hairline? I don't have hair. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Michael's got you beat on something, then. Not really. I think my my bald head might be better. He's got a bad barber. Uh, Oof. See, and you know. No, because I cut it. Yeah. My barber is the worst. He is the worst. <laughs> He's terrible. Sorry. So you must give him a deal on the haircut. <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, it's quite affordable. Yeah. That's why I go there. Yeah. Because you know I don't pay too much. That's right. <laughs> and you have a lot of hats. I do. So anyway, Anyhow, I'm sorry. So you're marketing. Um, you know, so we do social media. We do Facebook. We do Twitter. We do Instagram. Um you know, we don't do Snapchat or, or TikTok or, you know, yeah. the other 50 million things that pop up. We've got an email newsletter, which is clearly stuck in the past. Our website needs to be updated dramatically. But, um, you know, I, I, I there's a lot of different kinds of marketing. Yeah. There is, you know, big splashy marketing. I've now, and this is something we can also talk about in a minute. Um, my goal for opening this store was to make a living, but it was also to share my love of comics with people and to be a community, a place for the community to come together to share and enjoy comics, which is one reason why I've never done a ton of online sales. I don't have like a really great web store off my website. Right. 
because I really wanted to focus on the community and building a community and playing a part in people's lives. Like this is one of the things that I never honestly expected. No, nobody has. Right. For, for, for being open for 15 years, I have now seen another generation. I'm yeah. seeing kids who were in grade school or middle school when we opened come back with kids of their own. I'm seeing teenagers going off to college and coming back for spring break or, or for, for summer and buying comics. And I'm seeing a whole new generation of kids come up. So my marketing takes place more in the, it just takes place in a different way. I'm not so concerned about having 5,000 people like me on Facebook if 4,500 of them are all across the globe. Like, that's great. You know, I love when people come to us, tourists come to visit us and they like us and they go back and they take it back to wherever they came from. But I'm far more concerned about my local people, my local families, my local nerds, my local women who find us as a safe haven because we don't judge them because we have numerate we have multiple female employees who when they see them working through the window they're like okay there's somebody that looks like me right and i can go in there and maybe not be judged or whatever so i don't know if does that yeah it does you know and i thought you know as i'm looking around i'm looking at all your your social media and your site and i think what's what's really nice when you, you show the books i think what Maybe it's time to you have this off time now, or at least time to like figure what might be the new, the new normal. Maybe it will give you the opportunity to update the things that you didn't have time to update. You know, if it's if it's something that that bothers you, um, mm-hmm. you know, I I think this this is for everybody has an opportunity to sit back and say, you know, what do you want to do afterwards and uh, figure this thing out? Because I think you get some really nice stuff. You know, it's really I mean, the store looks cool as hell. I wish I could have dropped in there so um yeah me too and as a web designer you know i I won't comment on your site because uh (laughs) thank you it is not that's not fair though because you're you know you're the what the director of web or whatever yeah i I don't know your title but i know you basically do the web for what merrill yes right now yeah um so you're you're coming from a graphic design so yeah but ringo if you're looking for someone that works cheap Well, I am. I yes, I. I'm that, joking. That has been on. Well, you know, but honestly, it's been on the wet uh, on my list. But you know, Merrick is very uh, hot to trot on making that happen. So I probably got to give her first crack at it. Oh yeah, and no, now no, that I'm, we not, have I'm not jumping up business here. I'm just trying to. <laughs> I think it's a good opportunity was, for you. Yeah, I think it's got a good opportunity to kind of rethink, you know, what your website could be and how that can actually translate to community, even though it could still be local, even though it's worldwide web, the local community can really interact well with your website. If you, you, if you decided how to maybe think about how it actually connects to your store and, um, and do a great job there. Cause you got some really cool stuff, you know, maybe it's, you know, and I, I definitely, I can tell you without a doubt from my digital marketing background that emails matter. And if an email still, believe it or not, by far over any kind of Google ad, search amazon whatever it is probably 36 to 30 almost 40 percent of 
of what gets people to the Merrill website is emails yeah. and building that email subscription up. And um, I mean, we have like a 30, depending on obviously, but our average is around 30 to 35 percent, 30, 40, 40 percent open rate. Yeah, so, it's great because they want it. That, yeah. Yeah. I open mine because it tells me what's what's come in for me to pick up and you know what's going on in the store. Then they have a monthly you know games. Do you, get, do you sell games there too? Do you guys see a Dungeons and Dragons yeah, game there? Really. We have. I mean, we have we have the core. We've got the core books there, and, and you know we've got some of the expansions. We got Magic the Gathering cards. We got Pokemon. We don't do anything in. That's, that's my next question. Yeah, yeah, which is tougher now, anyways. It's, but I mean, I personally, I play D and D, and you know, as Diaz may have told you, or maybe not, like we grew up playing. Star Frontiers, which is kind of like yep. a science fiction Dungeons and Dragons. Absolutely. But I don't know a lot about that's yeah, great. But uh, I don't know a lot about that that stuff. I'm and I have employees who do know more about it, but I I don't want to be a Reese I don't want to necessarily I don't feel that we can offer as much expertise as we should if we get into it a hundred percent. And that's fine, because you know, you know, not every geek shop has to, you know, try to sell to every type of geek out there. I mean, there are some geek stores I've been to that did comics and did magic and did D&D. And there are times I walked in and, like, they were playing D&D, like, while the shop was open. And they were annoyed that I was there because they had to work and sell some product. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not the best time to, to do a game. But, um. Cool tip though. I just saw. I just ordered uh, from Field Notes. They have these cool new Dungeons and Dragons character booklets that you can you write your own character in it. Really nice. cool. Really, really cool. What do you think is going to be your your kind of vision for the store afterwards? Do you have a, have you thought about it or just kind of like just get me back in it? I just want to yeah. get back in it. <laughs> I just want to keep doing it. You know, I want to keep my employees paid. I want to pay my rent. And, uh, you know, I've got, so here's a, here's a thing. So the timing obviously is bad. I told you guys that it's our 15 year anniversary. Yep. Portland. I've been in touch in communication with the, with city hall, with the commissioners and the mayor's office. And they're going to declare, they were, I don't know if it's still on, April as Comics Month in Portland. Proclamation, do the whole thing. And we had, they sent me the text of the proclamation and I worked with them on it. And they had a very large section about me and the shop and about me personally. Being, oh, damn. You know, awesome. a leader. Yeah, it was super cool. I'll, 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 I'll send you. Um, I'll send you the text of it. You can read it, maybe share it with Joe if you if you guys care. Absolutely. But uh, but you know, I want to a Joe. You're right. I want to update our website and get some more stuff into place, and you know, take advantage of opportunities we have. But I also want to kind of double down on the community aspect yep. of it too, and really just continue in a positive direction. You know, I think that we're doing pretty well. And I really want to just do more That's awesome. as I can. How can people help you in this time? Well, you know, um, I would definitely say like us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, and we'll put that in. We'll put all the links to uh, Bridge City Comics in our show notes for those that are listening to the show notes. And you can link to them. Please follow and support. 
Yeah, that would be great. Um, we are, as as we're speaking, we're working on a, a updating our web store with a lot more inventory. Um, we've only got a couple things up right now, but my manager is working diligently on that. So maybe place an order, go to our go to our website, sign up for our newsletter, maybe buy a gift certificate. That's cool. Yeah, um, and you know, just that kind of stuff really does help. You know, again, like us on Facebook if you think our some of our posts are funny or worth it. Maybe share them with your friends. Like you get help from the places you least expect it. Sometimes um, I sponsor a podcast, another podcast um, called geek in the city. I've done it for years. I'm really good friends with the guy who does it. And like, I just got an online order from somebody and I had no idea this woman, she was buying some comics for her kids and I was emailing back and forth and she was like, yeah, no, I, I, I heard your spot on, the geek in the city podcast. So I placed an order. That's cool. I never, you know, I mean, I kind of, uh, sponsor the thing to help a buddy, help my friend out and get a little extra cash, you know, at the end of the year. But, um, you know, it helps. You never know where a helping hand is going to come from. So, well, hopefully our three listeners will send something to you and, uh, and help you out. (laughs) But, you know, honestly, what I would ask of your listeners Find a comic. Find a new co- You don't have to buy it from me. Go to a comic shop. Find find something. Find a new comic. Find a new series. And just find something that brings you joy. Because that's why I do this. Is because, I want, like I've said before, I want to share my joy of comics with this. I Nothing makes me happier than when somebody comes back and is like, oh man, you recommended Seven to Eternity. I loved it. It was fantastic. Oh, you recommended Lock and Key. It was so great. Thank you. Like I love having an impact in people's lives. That's cool. So, Very cool. That's fantastic. That's really awesome. For real. Well, thank you, Michael. What? So now you're going to want me to sponsor your? Podcast, no, no. Right? We we don't. We're not doing sponsors right now. We just want to build our show up and and uh, yeah, you know. But if like I said, if if you know Marvel or somebody wanted to come and sponsor us for a million dollars, we'll take it. Sure. We'll negotiate. We'll negotiate. We'll negotiate. <laughs> you don't mean don't need much. Cost of living in Michigan, not bad. So it's not bad. We we can't thank you enough for for being on the show. We're, we want to get into a little bit of the news. If Michael wanted to touch on that, we've we've gone far. Have we missed anything that you want to talk about though, Ringo? That um, that you'd like to talk about the oh. show and or about your shop? You guys are you guys are driving this train. I <laughs> you don't want us driving. <laughs> You know, honestly, I am surprisingly bad at self-promotion. When it's the shop, it's fine. When it's like me personally or, I don't know, I feel weird kind of having the spotlight on me. I guess it's my Midwest, Michigan, you know, whatever. Right. So, oh, oh, I'm sorry about that. Oh. Yeah. We oh. just had a signing, a book release party for a guy who is from the Midwest and his book is called oh, That's Oak. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ringo, um, yeah, if there's anything else you want to say, anything else you want to highlight, we're not really kind of turning the spot on, light on you. I mean, you're not that great. Jeez. Um, true, very true. <laughs> I am. But no, we wanted, to, we wanted to talk to someone that, you know, like I said, in the geek industry, a small business owner that has been yep. affected by this. And we were hoping, obviously, before the proclamation that kind of shut you guys down, we were kind of hoping that, you know, we, we, we figured things were not great for small business owners like yourself. 
So I was like, well, let's let's talk to one and see what kind of help they need. And maybe some small exposure that we give them can help. And unfortunately, your doors are shut. And I know that people still can help, but, you know, we, we wish we could help more. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Did you guys see the news that Diamond Comics is now not shipping any new comics for the foreseeable future? Uh-huh. Yeah, so I'm extra screwed now. What? Yep. Yep, they released a, an announcement yesterday, I believe, um, that they are halting shipment. We can still get reorder shipments, so previously published stuff, but they are no longer accepting uh, new material from publishers. So the comic book industry is stopped. Yeah. Wow. So even if your shop was open, well, like I said, you do a lot of graphic novels and stuff too. I'm sure. I know you still order through Diamond and stuff, but you have other means. I'm assuming of getting stock. Yes. No, oh no. yeah, we honestly Diamond. Um, aside from new comic books, we I've opened up so many accounts with so many other publishers, distributors, Random House. Ingram, Hachette, Simon & Schuster, Scholastic, you know, I mean, the list is as long as your arm. Uh, but the thing that drives a lot of the traffic, especially consistent traffic, are weekly comics. So we, if you go to our website, you'll see we have a new banner up there about an order form that we put together that's primarily for new comics and trade paperbacks that come out weekly. And that would give somebody... Um, an opportunity to order off of our website, basically send us a PayPal and we can ship out new stuff. So if you want the new issue of Green Lantern or you want the new issue of X-Men or whatever, we're able to fulfill that. But now that Diamond has stopped accepting, stopped shipping new wow. stuff, that all that work we did is just out completely out the window at this point. So, oh, that's awful. That's awful. Yeah, so that's going to have a much bigger impact i think than any than a lot of people realize because there are a lot of comic book retailers who were begging diamond to do just that wow. and the publishers stop sending us stuff because we can't pay for it because we can't be open which i totally understand but we don't nobody knows what this nobody knows what this is going to look like on the other side because all this material has been created uh, and a lot of it is in the pipeline already and being published and printed right. and bound and put in boxes. And so what happens when this is all over? Do we get a tidal wave of product? Probably. Out? They're going to want to, yeah, they're going to want to make know. it up, you know? Yep. So, so anyway. I, I hope, uh, I hope it I, does work out that way. I really, I really hope that things work out. I hope that the package that is put together by the government will help you through this weird time that everybody's going through so you know yeah totally do there's a few things in news where we usually try to keep the show at about an hour um we go over quite a bit though (laughs) we just do this is you know the funny thing is originally this was supposed to be a 30 minute show remember that michael remember that goal (laughs) but (laughs) we're gonna get 30 minutes get in get out yeah we stopped how could we possibly talk for longer than that it's really strange so a couple of hits of news, you know, Picard, we had episode nine came out last week. I don't know how much you want to get into it, Michael, because I think that, you know, it des- it warrants discussion and we don't want to wreck it for Ringo, but I'll let you drive the uh, Picard thing. I do have news about the Mandalorian that is written down here, even one that Michael missed. Um, so oh. 
Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, being that, you know, Ringo here hasn't seen episode nine, I really don't want to ruin it. So I really don't want to say too much about it. Maybe we can save it for a, a post-show wrap-up. But Yeah. You know, I will say this. I'm happy. You're going to. You're going to call me out, but finally something happened on the show. <laughs> yeah, finally. I think we had to wait till episode seven or eight before finally something happened. So yeah. uh, nine continues that yeah. more stuff happens. Finally. Yeah. It was a fun episode. I really enjoyed it. One of the best ones, I think personally. I agree. Like I said, I, I know it's not fair to compare the show to the Mandalorian, but I kind of do inside my head. Yeah. Just because, I mean, Ringo, well, let's, 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 let's do this real quick. Ringo, you're a huge Trekker. Yep. What do you think about Picard? This show? Well, I, um, I like it. I like it. I think it's pretty solid. I There's a big feel, button there. I can hear it. There is a big butt. It is like so much science fiction nowadays, especially reboot type stuff. This is what we were watching, to me, is basically Battlestar Trek. Hmm. Meaning, it's ta- it feels like it's taken the cue from Battlestar Galactica, the reboot from however long, many years ago. Everything's darker, everything's more brutal, everything has to, you know, have swear words in it so that it can be taken seriously. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not a huge trekker, as you, you may know, but I do think there's no reason to swear on this show. Like, why? It, they never did it before. It felt out of it felt out of place. It always feels out of place when they do it. And that's the thing. Like, when I watched Discovery, it was actually kind of funny when they would drop an F-bomb every rare occasion. Right. But this, because it ties so directly into Star Trek The Next Generation and those characters and those stories, it really does make me feel like, okay, they're trying a little too hard. They want, I agree. They want to let you know that you're streaming it, that you're paying for a stream and not a CBS yeah. show. That's the problem. You're, you're, yeah, you're paying for that blue language. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's been fun. I look forward to the next season, but... um. For me, of the two series, I, I I think I prefer Discovery, which is surprising for me. Yeah. And I, I prefer Picard because it doesn't take place on a ship where you do the same shots every and same words every two episodes. So you you can find that out in one of our... We had a Star Trek Star Wars uh, podcast not too long ago, and that was one of my things. So, so Joe, I'm a little... Uh, uh... Uh, interested actually in this dichotomy. I know you guys want to probably. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, sense. But um, I I liken uh, Discovery to like the Mandalorian. Interesting. In the in the manner that it is set in that universe, but it has nothing to do with just about anything. Yeah. Yes. I I I, I did like Discovery. I mean, I, more than I thought I would. Um, I just really it's my bias towards um, John Luke Picard as a character. I like that you know that particular character so it's a bias um so oh, he's yeah. my favorite as well he's he's my favorite captain out of all of them yeah space but I, I enjoyed discovery especially when they kind of brought pike aboard i thought pike was a really good addition to that series that show so yeah. the rumor is that one of the new shows is going to be star trek pike or star trek they can't call it enterprise because they've already done that but basically rumor is they're going to bring anton what's his name I can't remember. I guy had the guy's name on the tip of my tongue, but the guy that played Pike, 
they're going to bring him back and they're going to show the adventure. Oh, Anson Mount? The USS yes, thank oh, you. Oh, Anson Mount, sorry. Yes, thank you. Yes, that, then one of the new shows is going to be about the Enterprise before, obviously, it gets into Kirk and Spock's hands. So I w- I, I'm interested because I like him so much, but I don't know if I need to see another yet another version of Spock running around all the time. Right. right. Well, it's characters that they want people to pay for this show, man. They need, they need solid characters and it's, it's tough. Sure. It's tough to build. That I enjoy such a, it. I'm not paying for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right. Sorry. I just wanted to, no, I really don't have much to say about Picard because like I said, I want to, I want to kind of go into that last episode. And if Ringo hasn't seen it, I can do it in a wrap up of the series. Right. Um, so well, what are what's our other news? We, we talked about Mandalorian. Michael Ringo brought it up. I know it's Michael Ring, but I keep saying Ringo because Michael said it before, and there's two Michaels, and it's driving me crazy. Sorry, I, I, I've been calling him Ringo for way too long, so I apologize. I don't even know if he likes being called Ringo. I should have asked at some point. So the Mandalorian, we talked about them. Uh, Ringo brought it up. There's a few news on there. One of them, as we spoke about earlier in the show, was Rosario Dawson presumptively cast as Ahsoka Tano. And I think it's pretty much a done deal now. Um, perfect casting. I think they've been... I, I, hasn't said, yes, that's who she is. We just know that she's been cast, and that's the assumption. She, she is. They, it wouldn't have gotten this far. They would have They would have kiboshed it. And I think it's been in the plan for... Like, I'm a very much a... Um, would they have kiboshed it? Yeah, kiboshed it. I think they would have... They've been planting the seed for quite some time. Like I, I, I don't think there's any mistakes. Um, Rosario Dawson has been asked like three years ago about this role because it was rumored, and I and and it would happen to be on a Good Morning America, which is owned by ABC, which is owned by Disney. So I, I never take that stuff for granted. And she was like, "Oh yes," and they, she kind of gathered you know momentum behind that. She said she wanted to play it, um, and I don't think it's by mistake. Uh, so I think it's going to be fantastic. Ahsoka is a great, great character. As if you follow the Clone Wars and Rebels, Michael, you've now seen the first Ahsoka episode of Clone Wars. Did you watch it? Oh, did they come out last week? Yeah, it's a good episode too. Uh, nope. Good episode. Good, good. Episode. I will. Yeah, I'll watch it tonight. You'll you'll be a little bit behind because of the story, um, but you could pick up where they left off because it's they kind of give you a bit of a recap, but there's a lot that goes on that got her to this point, which that might be the tough thing for you. Um, so yeah, that that's one piece of news. Uh, it looks like uh, Robert Rodriguez is confirmed as a director. I didn't see that. Where did you pick that up at Michael? Um, you know, I can't remember off the top of my head. It was confirmed this morning and I didn't, I, I didn't cite it. Maybe I'll find the link and put it on our site or send it to you. But Robert Rodriguez is supposedly one of the directors this coming season. He'll be uh, great. Mandalorian. He'll be great. Um, I love him for the most part. For uh, the most part. El Mariachi is still one of the greatest films I think I've ever seen. I had Desperado. He did, yeah. Desperado's Diaz is big. It's very good. But knowing what he paid to make El Mariachi, amazing. Well, yeah, wasn't it like 10 yeah, grand? Yeah, it was like 10 grand. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, they, the number that like the Banty about was $7,000 to make that film. Yeah. Now, that said, it was closer to a million once all was said and done. Still cheap for a movie, but it was not $7,000. 
I think it was, and then marketing got behind it and actually pushed it forward. But to make the film and get it created to put out there, distribution is different than the actual make of the pro of the film. I know they didn't have like the tracks and stuff. What do they call those for the cameras to run on? No, the dolly track. Yeah, thank you. They didn't have any of that, so they literally uh, threw Robert Rodriguez sat in a wheelchair and they rolled him around. Yeah, it's hilarious. No, it's a great movie, El Mariachi. It's it's considering how much it cost. Yes, it's fantastic. Yeah, and then the money he got from that was supposed to be to remake it into something badass. And he said, ah, fuck it. I'm making a sequel. Exactly. It's better. Right. It was a smart thing to do, but it'd be great. It would see what he does with the Mandalorian. I'm super stoked about that. He's got a great eye for action and, 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 and comedy too. Like he, he can make things pretty funny. Um, I'm just looking forward to Cheech Marin showing up in the star Wars universe. I know. Right. Him and Chong. <laughs> They'll be like, you know, or Danny Trejo or Danny Trejo. Right. And then news, John Favreau confirmed it's already in the can. Production's pr- production. Yeah, he, he confirmed it yesterday. It's production's been it's it's in the can. Production's done. So, so what's this awesome. October? Well, post isn't Stuff. all the all photography. Oh, gotcha, yeah. yeah, so there's no stopping the production. Now they can. It's two guys in an editing booth. You know. Somebody doing music by well, themselves. No, they still have to do some special effects and stuff too, which could delay it because mm-hmm. they're doing that remotely. Yeah, they can all and work. Obviously, they don't. Well, yeah, I understand that, but you still, there's lag. I mean, there's lots of processing time. Yeah, they can remote in and do the processing still on site, but there's still going to be lag. It's, it might put things a little back, just a little bit back, not too much. I don't think so. So. That's that with man. So, uh, Ringo, what's your? Do you watch the Mandalorian? You, since you have Star Wars tattoos, oh, yeah. yeah, no, hundred percent, love it, great. I I got all teary eyed at the uh, at the the finale. Well, a I got teary eyed because of the whole. Uh, you are now a clan of yeah. two. I thought that was fantastic, and then I literally screamed when uh, uh, Gideon yes. tore himself out of that Tie Fighter with the dark yeah. blade just about lost it was amazing right yeah. that was a great shot that was badass it was bad and that's why michael needs to watch you know clone wars rebels. Yeah. and rebels yeah rebels for sure there is talk of, there is talk of sabine showing up too which would be, be it so would be awesome. amazing yeah you know um and if there's any kind of thrawn like man i'm just dying to see thrawn live like what are they doing Well, we already saw most of Dark Empire uh, in Rise of Skywalker. You are true. I was expecting Thrawn to be in that. I really, really was. There was no reason to have that other fine actor, and I forget his name, but um, the guy who shoots Hux. Prime? Prime? No. Oh, the British. Pride. I know you're talking about. Yeah. Admiral Pride. No reason to have that character at all. Could have been. It could have been Thrawn. Yeah, but then if Thrawn was in it, he would have only been in it for a couple scenes and is that really what you want to do with one of the most popular characters that has never well I would have written it slightly out. different than if it was thrown if something with more gravitas I mean do it you well know. if we're going to rewrite stuff let's rewrite the movie you'd have to re- no you'd have to rewrite you'd have to rewrite all three of them I I'm not complaining I'm right. not arguing with you right. on that one my whole I, my, I agree my whole take on the last on the rise of Skywalker is, is what became before it is what that's what had to be done because of what came before it. 
if I had a time machine, I'd go back and rewrite three movies and then then go back in time and kill Hitler. <laughs> wow. Priorities. So I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyways, Mandalorian season two is going to be hopefully just as good as season one, if not better. And we're definitely going to have to have you back on for some Star Wars and Star Trek discussions, Ringo, for sure. That's cool. I'm I'm down. That being said, Michael, let's uh, let's put this baby to bed. Where can they connect with us? As always, you can find us on Instagram. Look for us, uh, the Kybercast, or Kybercast on Instagram. You can also find us on Twitter, also at Kybercast. Um, you can find us on Facebook or the Kybercast. Um, if you want to leave a comment, Facebook's a good place. Twitter's a good place. And as always, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review because it helps boost our visibility. Well said. You can find us on various other platforms too, from Google, Spotify, Pocket Casts, or anywhere you get your podcast fix. That's this week's episode of the KyberCast. We thank you all for listening. Please share it with your friends, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.